Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Heart and Hand is delighted to be partnering up once again with NordVPN, the premier VPN service available. You can safely search out what you like anywhere in the world with NordVPN and make sure that your privacy is protected. Go to nordvpn.com for the full range of offers. <laughs> everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar and I am your host as always as we kick off our 14th season covering the Jers here on Heart and Hand. Can you believe it? 14 years but some things never change especially Rangers capacity to break your heart and that is exactly what happened after a very promising summer. One game into the new season to remember ah, why this game isn't always as easy as it's cracked up to be. Joining me to look back on what was a fairly wretched performance at Kilmarnock is, first of all, the wonderful Sage of Saltcoats himself, Mr Andy McGowan. Hello, David. Hello, listeners. Delighted one game. Here. <laughs> one. Couldn't even, couldn't even give us that. One. And straight back into it. And, of course, Rangers got beat, so that means we've got to roll it. Martin Ramsey. Oh, good to be back, boys. Um, I had kind of braced myself for 1-1 one, one because yeah. I have eyes and I watch pre-season. Um, but they, they outdo themselves. You've you got to give them credit. Yes, uh, in a way, it's almost perversely impressive. No, but uh, I, I must admit, and you guys know this, and anyone who listened to Heartland Extra will know, I didn't have my expectations overly cal- calibrated. I didn't have them set too high by that, is what I mean. Uh, I think I was like Martin. I thought, right, you know, all the stuff we've heard, new team, gelling, haven't looked that great in the preseason, etc. First game of the season, difficult stuff, but blah, blah, blah. Everything, right? We know. We know the litany. Um, so I, I had thought it would be tense, it'll be tight, one nil or two one. And even at that, Andy, even with that expectation, not expecting us to go out and look brilliant one four nil, I was still a little shocked at just how bad we were on Saturday. I genuinely, and I, I, I'm not, I'm honestly not just saying that for effect. Um, I was genuinely a wee bit taken aback by just how poor we were on Saturday. Uh, so, so folk will think you've rolled me out, Davey, because, you know, I come out, I usually come out and, I don't know, comfort folk or say something that's semi-positive, but I'm the same as you. That, that on Saturday was such a major, major disappointment that um, it took the 
to the breath away from me, I've got to say. Yeah. It was and a window at the sales job. I, 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 it was just... We could talk about... I mean, I could roll out, well, Sunnis' first game. I could roll out, well, Advocate, Shelburne, and then Tynecastle. I could, but it would be bollocks. It would be nonsense because it's not the same. I just thought, the same as you, that... You know, this that going to Kamarnock is never easy, regardless of which state they're in. That pitch is a nightmare. We seem to have a, a, a mental block about going there in the last few seasons, and any result at all, I would have taken it, and the, the performance was secondary. But all the kind of pre-season, you know, things that we were looking at, and they were saying, right, hold on, there's the goal that we lose every other game again because we can't clear the ball or we're not strong enough or we're just weak back to front. All the kind of things have came home to roost in the very first game. And I'm trying to temper my language because, you know, we're on a platform and people run with what we say. So I don't want to be too hyperbolic. Is that a word, Martin? You're an author, is that even a word? Hyperbolic. Hyperbolic. Nearly say that right. So I don't want to go too far, but it was veering on unforgivable. (laughs) Rangers made a hyper bollocks of it on Saturday. (laughs) I think it's it's, uh, all well and good. But yeah, I mean, uh, look, Martin, it's a wholly reasonable position to take to say it was the first game of the season. There's 37 more league games to go and Rangers will improve because we will, right? It's just a fact. I know people will be saying, oh, there's no evidence for that. And they're right, but we will, right? We've all watched enough football to know that. The question is, of course, how quickly and what damage could be done while we do. But, you know, we can only, on here, on this show, we only talk about the game that's just been. So all the, the sort of longer-term things where people say, I but, and offer up the, the kind of stuff Andy was referring to there, all of that is valid, and I accept that. So we're not sitting here saying, oh, my goodness, right, panic, we're all doomed. It's not that at all. But the actual match, which we're trying to analyse, I struggle to take anything out of at all. No, I think that's fair. And Andy's theoretical caveats and the ones you just mentioned are right. We've seen far better Rangers teams have dreadful starts. We've seen new Rangers signings who have grown to be legends being told they're not good enough uh, after the first game. We've all seen that and it is early and all of that's fine. Um, I think it would have been a hell of a lot easier to, to come on tonight and say, a lot of that and, and rest on a lot of that and rest on Beal's record against the rest last season. Um, if it was one of those games where we battered them and it just it was just one of those nights and the keeper has a, uh, the, the game of his life and there's woodwork involved and um, maybe a wee bit short shy, a wee bit rusty just because it's, it's, it's a new attacking force and not quite together. Um, but you could see what we're doing and it, it, you know, we just get robbed. Um, because that's football and you can shrug that off as painful as it is and as worrying as it is that you're three points behind immediately and, and all of that. That's not the worrying thing. Um, it was the complete lack of tempo. It was a complete lack of, of real idea and direction as to what we were trying to do. Um, the lack of uh, ability to pin them back, to get in behind and create easy chances, which is what... Teams that are better than the opposition and Rangers are better than obviously the vast majority of opposition in Scotland. And we see it in Scotland, we see it in, in England as well. 
they, you know, better teams score a lot of goals because they can create easy chances. They're not having to rely on 30-yard free kicks and, and, and whatever. They can just move lesser players around to create space to, you know, just basically tap in from, from inside the penalty box. We never get close to that. Um, so the two big worries for me, I, I guess, is that when we were... And the performance wasn't out the blue either. Anyone who's seen preseason, that's exactly where that trajectory was going, sadly. Um, the results in preseason mean nothing. I never care about that, but you, you want to see evidence of what being done, and there wasn't much, and that's what we got on Saturday. So the, the, the two big worries, talking about Beal in the summer and, and this you know first preseason, and look, there's no Ross Wilson to deflect from um, signings, and was this a Wilson signing? Was it a Geo signing? This guy's been backed, and these are his choices. He doesn't have a, a kind of um, a middleman to to go through and to, to maybe blame if, if if signings don't work out. This is all on him. Um, I think the, the, the discussion this summer was, right, he can do it against the rest. He's done that. Does he have it in the big ones? Because he hasn't shown that. He hasn't shown you know, maybe the right um, approach or selection or whatever else. And this is just back to what we've seen so often over the last five years with the slow tempo and getting bogged down in a turgid game against turgid opposition. Well, welcome to Scotland. This is what we have to face. Um, that's a worry. Um, and the other worry is, that, again, we have seen this before so often. It doesn't matter if it's Gerard, Gio or Beal. It's the same game. It's the same problems. Um and that's my biggest fear. That, that's not something I don't think. I mean, I would love love it if we could, that we can just shake off and say, just one of those days, lads. Um, something very drastically needs to change very quickly. Uh, and the other worry, sorry, just to throw this out, and of course, I'm, I'm sure you're going to come to him, Davey. Um, but I guess the heartbeat of that resurgence last season, Cantwell, is nowhere near it and isn't starting. And presume not starting for a reason why any manager would take out the best performing player just for lols or just because they want to tweak things around. Clearly something's not right there. He's not looked right in pre-season. And again, there's a history there with him falling out of love with a team or, or a game or, or whatever, or just maybe not being in the, the headspace to be consistently uh, kind of dominant. And whether that's having to play in a slightly different position and, and, and whether that's not things, I don't know. But I'm really concerned that one of the, the few bright spots of last season, him and, and, and Raskin, um, appears to be just not of the races. And we, we cannot afford our better players not to be on it, interested on the bench. On that, the manager spoke about it after the match, Andy, and he said he just felt that it wasn't the type of game for Todd Cantwell in the first hour. Now, that concerns me because Martin made a very good point there. We're going to play that game a lot this season where we go and play teams who've got 10 men behind the ball and going man for man and um, trying to outdo us with what rate, etc., uh, so the logical conclusion to that is, well, if he's not right for that, is he going to be right for when we go to Livy away or when we go to Ross County away a couple of weeks, for example? Um, so I don't necessarily really see the logic in that one. But I've got to be honest and think in general, Bill had a very bad Saturday. I thought he got the team wrong. Um, I thought he didn't change it. When he did, he changed like for like when it was quite clear that what we were doing wasn't working. And the 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 setup, the tactical setup. As a layman, I, I struggled to see what it was supposed to be. 
I think he's blathering there about Cantwell because if it's not a game for Cantwell, then how can it be a game for the likes of Lammers or you know? I don't, I don't know. I think he's probably been on the spot and he said to say something there, but the fact that Cantwell was on the bench was, you know, I, I just couldn't get it before the game and I thought, well, he must have a knock with uh, a view to Wednesday night. I don't think he has. Nobody's mentioned it. So there is um, already a, a bubbling issue there in that Sam Lammers is clearly his number 10. I thought he was lost on Saturday. Um, I'm going to give him you know, or due um, kind of allowance to the fact that he's introduced to Scottish football in a plastic park against the McInnes football team and, you know, put it down to he'll learn. But yeah, he's not the, same, the first He's not nah, the first guy to come from abroad. And, no, and, certainly no. Yeah, exactly. But the, the point I was going to come to there, Davey, is that I think that there's going to come a point where who is your best number 10? And I know there'll be game, 60 games and opportunity to play more than one person, but Cantwell's your best number 10 as it stands just now without question. Um, and we need, a, we need a result Wednesday, we needed a result on Sunday, and therefore, for me, you can bleed Lammers into a team and you can play Cantwell just now because everybody's using the word heartbeat. He's a heartbeat of team, but he's dynamic and he set the tone for the second half of last season almost single-handedly, especially against Celtic. And that doesn't just happen for run-of-the-mill players. You need to be a special type of player to actually influence a full team, full squad, if you want to go that far. So, yeah, the, everything you're saying is is uh, my thoughts exactly. I was really worried about, you know, things that we associate with Bill under Gerard. Patterns of play, team, the team knowing what they're meant to be doing and where everybody's meant to be and it being a wee bit clockwork. And there's none of that. There's, there's not even a hint of it, to be quite honest with you. But Andy, um, we saw that under Gerard. We saw that well, game we, under we, Gerard. We, this we is did. nothing new. And it's we not did. a deal thing either. This this notion of is he the man? I think we're looking for the man, as if there's going to be some manager that that, that changes absolutely everything. Well, but, but see on that man, well, I'm I'm not even going because yeah, you're right. But we've seen this at Livingston under Gerald at the time. But the same token, we saw fantastic moments of football, like Galatasaray, all that kind of stuff. But what really really got to me on Saturday is that we never committed to, for example, playing out for the back, right? So we've got a team that we know are going to sit in, and We've seen far, far too often middle to front or back to front in the hope that, you know, somebody's going to outrun one of the defenders. And it kind of nearly happened, but that's not what I was expecting. I was expecting us to play progressive, expansive football. And there was none of it. There was no width. Even when we were chasing the game at the end, there was zero width. Tavernier's getting a ball. And, and by the way, Tavernier got maligned on Saturday for various reasons. But every time we got the ball, there was nobody in front of him at yeah. all. Well, committees that, word, commit, sorry, yeah, committees sorry, the word Andy's used. Sorry. Sorry, sorry I'll, I'll, I'll come back to you on that one. But um, on that, I was actually going to ask you about this next, Martin. So <sighs> this system had no width, right? And by design, it looked like. So he's asking two fullbacks to bomb up and down the wing. Two ageing fullbacks who, yeah. with all due respect to both, are not what they were in 2020. They're both over 30 now. Now they still have attributes, of course. But I think if you're expecting to get from them what you got four, three, four years ago, I'm not sure they can do that. No, they can't. And also, even if they could, you need movement in the front three or four, 
to give them options, to give them the confidence that, right, I can go further with the ball and I'm going to see some intelligence, I'm going to see some some sharpness of, of mind and foot um, that I will have space to cut this back or play, play a, a, a ball from the final third at some point. We hardly saw that on Saturday. The balls from both fullbacks um, tended to be deep, which meant they just they were getting rid of it early, um, because it, it was hopeful. It was, a, it was so often just a hit and hope, which a Denny McInnes team will eat up all day. But the movement of the front three and four was criminal. So, all of this combined does not make for a happy Saturday. Um, the need for Lundstrom and Raskin in any domestic game, bar the obvious, or a Lundstrom and Raskin, if you want to be a wee bit more general, is a tired, tired argument, but still looking for the caution, looking for the the security, which hampers that fluidity that Andy and and, and the rest of us kind of hoped and expected. We'll go back to that that, that word that Andy used, used in terms of playing for the back. We aren't committed to it. And this, I'm sorry to labour this point, and, and, and I know, you know, I am going to be a Rangers da soon, so, I, you know, I can <laughs> you use this. But, um, with that. <laughs> they aren't committed to doing what uh, maybe they talk about, maybe they, they, they work on when it, when it comes to it. This is an awkward game. It has a mythology. And the more we talk about this plastic pitch, the, the more it turns into Oh, 100%. Lava. I'm fed up. Yeah, I and, think we build I've said that under Gerard. It yeah. is bullshit. We, we've so, said this so often. Sometimes we, we make out going to Aberdeen or Kilmarnock as like an away tie in Europe and we've got and, to and, get over yeah. ourselves. And by doing so, the managers respond, Gerard, plenty of times at Petodri certainly and, and Kilmarnock, playing the game that they want. Thinking too much, well, we need to do this, we need to cover for that, we need to be aware of that. Um, and I've said this before, and I'm getting in a bit of trouble for it, but we're not back yet. We're not back to being Rangers yet, who will turn up and say, we're going to play this way, and that's that. Who cares? Who cares about Kamala? Who cares about the pitch? Who cares about Derek McInnes? We're the boys in this country, and we will do our thing, and that nine times out of ten will be enough. It's complete trust and belief and, to use Andy's word, commitment in what we're doing. There's too much second guessing. And again, this has been a consistent part from all three managers who took on that responsibility, took on the blame, take on the blame at the moment. Um, But the club as a whole does not feel, does not have its swagger back, does not feel able, not all the time, because clearly we've dismissed teams with, with ease, especially at Ibrooks. Um, where we, we, we couldn't before. So it's coming back, but I just mean in every single game outside of Old Firm games, which have their own personality, we are not going there and just, lads, it's Aberdeen. Lads, it's Kelly. Who cares? And that, I think, breeds a bit of um, conservatism and a bit of edge and a bit of nerves. And that's why, on occasion, you see this limp, insipid, um, tense performance because no one you're talking about breaking lines and 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 doing the kind of progressive attacking foot that takes risk. It has to take risk. And there's there's the mentality around the club just isn't quite there yet where they feel completely infused with that belief that they can just go and do it. Raskin the only one who certainly more as the second half progressed tried to take the ball from deep and just move it forward mm. himself. But again 
movement not clever enough. And if it's not clever enough, that kind of defence will, will just negate all that. You have to take risks. And I just don't think, as a club, on and off the park, we're just there yet that we're, we're happy with risk. Risk's the big issue for me. Well, on that, I'm sure a lot of people will have seen online um, an incident with a throw-in where Lundstrom has the ball. Uh, rather than take a quick throw-in, he waits until Tavernier arrives um, and he, he takes the throw and within two passes, it's back with Jack Butland. And a lot of people are having to go at Tavernier for that or he's got to take everything. It's not that. If you look at the other side, it's always Barisic. They do the, the exact same thing with Barisic. If you watch the EPL this weekend, you will see teams do this. A lot, they will wait and give the ball to their to their right uh, their fullback, and he will take the throw. And the reason for it is not that one player wants to take everything. The reason for it is that it allows the team, your team, to reset and get into position. That way, if the ball is turned over from the throw in and you lose possession, you're not going to be broken upon and have players at a position. That's the theory behind it. And it's quite a common one, and it happens across football. However, here's where I have a problem with it. In England, I get it in the Premier League, because every team, no matter who they are, will have a couple of players who can break on you at electric pace, and they've got players of technical ability to three passes and they're in your box. So I do understand that. I get that. Rangers against Kilmarnock? Hmm. I'm not sure I really see that. And it it's only, it wasn't the reason we got beat at the weekend, but it was emblematic, Andy, of what Martin's been talking about there, about this safety first, cautious idea, handbrake on. And the manager spoke, it's his phrase, handbrake off. That to me is symptomatic of it not being the case, as is having Lundstrom in there along with Raskin. You don't need both. And all it does is slow you down. And it is this conservatism that isn't always needed and unfortunately for us that the fans are getting more and more frustrated by it because I think when you approach the matches with this added into what we've discussed about a bit of Kilmarnock tough game then you breed that sort of uncertainty as opposed to just going out and saying right boys you're bigger fatter faster better than them you know be aware of what you know don't make silly mistakes and we'll come to one that we made but get the ball moving quickly, go at them at pace. And yes, I get, well, it lets you reset. It lets Kilmarnock reset. We talk a lot, and the manager talks a lot about creating chaos in the, the, the forward areas. Surely by definition, then Lundstrom taking the throw really quickly before Kilmarnock are set is more likely to cause chaos than letting them set and us set and we go again. And of course, what happened was, as there hadn't been the whole game, there was no space, so Rangers just end up back at the goalie. I and... But talking about this instance, you're unpacking a lot of things because the, the actual instance for a second, if, we, if it's the one I recall, then Lundstrom could have threw the ball to Seema, who was doing the line easily, and he would have really, really made it, needed to make a total and complete arse of it to have lost possession and put us under any pressure whatsoever because it, it was doing in their corner, right? So it's a bit of um, muscle memory in terms of everything you've said there, you know, keep in shape and make sure we don't expose ourselves. Um, and of course, Lundstrom's the, 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 the kind of sitting midfielder, so he, him taking the shy doesn't make sense. But it was just um, symptomatic of the, the lack of spark and t- tempo is a word that's been used, but it's more than that. It's about actually um, making things happen instinctively, as opposed to thinking about it too much. But what else it brings about is the role of, so I'm the one to pick a Lundstrom. Lundstrom 
you know, I've, I've not heard a reaction at lunchroom getting substituted for Rangers fans, especially their base support for a long, long time, if ever. And the, the question is about him and Raskin. Raskin, for me, and this is only my opinion, is not a six. He is not a pivot. He is a forward attacking midfielder. The reason I say that is because I think that's where you get most out of him, but also because those kind of riskier passes you were talking about earlier on, Martin, where you break lines and st- or try to break lines, he does that and he does give the ball a wee bit a wee bit more than your typical number six should. So Lundstrom is in that team, and I don't think we can understate that influence he had on the way we played because at times, or most of the time, he's almost in line with centre-halves, if not a yard or two in front of them, which is far, far too deep. And he's an easy option. Now, that's his job. I'm not really blaming him for that. But when the likes of Tav or a midfielder or whatever have got the ball and there's nothing really happening, or there's no force to take their man on or you know put it forward, they, they, they check in and they pass it back because he's always, always available. So that's fine for possession. But the first half, at half-time, I'm sitting there and I'm like, another half wasted. How many times have we got to see this where the tempo drops so often and goes in and another centre-half, in this case, Suter, have got the lion's share of the ball. It just seemed to pass his by without any urgency. And I think the fact that, as you see, Lundstrom's there and adds to the options to pass it back the way and keep possession for possession's sake and this forlorn hope that all of a sudden Kamarnock are going to come out. You know, they're not going to come out. You don't need to try and draw them out. They're just going to sit there. You can plant a bomb. Eh? Quite happy. They're just going to sit there. Aye, you can exactly. knock that ball about there all day. So, so it's actually bonkers to think that, you know, we'll, we'll draw this mob out. You've got to go for their juggies. You've got to drive at them. We've seen it once with Dowell, where we go to the kind of in their box and need a shot and they get kind of smothered. But we needed stuff like Raskin's forward run direct at the heart of their centre's halves, just cutting through them. There was no not enough people willing to do that. Um, we weren't getting to the byline enough as well, and that's because we weren't getting forward enough. We, we, get, we get one cut back, I think, that was worthy of note, which was Sima in the second half. Remember if it, it went across the front of the goal and yeah, they, they'd read high. it. So um, from that shy, <clears throat> you can unpack a lot of stuff there. And it, I think he comes back to basically Bill's formation and his selection. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. And there's obviously a lot of focus on the new players um, and how they did at the weekend. But I, I do tend, rightly or wrongly, to go first game. I'll cut them some slack. Uh, I think that, that you know, we we need to see something from a few of them very quickly. Uh, yeah, the front line was basically a non-event. Um, I think Danilo looked in the very brief cameo. He came on out at least a bit busier. But... Um, you mentioned there a name, and I'm not going to pick on him particularly, but I do worry, Martin, about Lundstrom and Barisic's continual selection because I think the fans have rather given up on both. Um, and I think that they are seen, rightly or wrongly, again, I would veer towards the, the former rather than the latter on that one, but still, they're seen as two of the reasons that, it, that, that, that we do slow slow down the game because of what Andy just discussed there and because Barisic has I now think defaulted to this safety first thing where it's almost automatic there was again a a clip that I thought was was very instructive in one of the pre-seasons where in the first minute he gets the ball he runs up to the halfway line and for no reason stops and turns back Um, and I think it's now it's just become his default because well I'm not going to 
do anything wrong when I do that. I just think it's tough at Rangers when you've got players like that playing because they become lightning rods for the yeah. support. And as Andy said, you know, there was a reaction to, to Lundstrom going off that wasn't positive. And I, I you know, from a simple point of view, from a management point of view, I, I sometimes think you're not doing the players any favours either. I think you'd be better off just saying, look, I'm going to go with other people in this role at the moment. Yeah, you can maybe bleed them in later in the season when the team's playing well and everyone's settled. But right now, uh, I think that they they become conduits for criticism. And I don't think that criticism is entirely unfair. It's not. And it's not just about Saturday. Obviously, it's a long-running theme. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And that's and yeah. I would also, because they've been there a while, and I'm talking to all the, the players that weren't making their debut at the weekend, Um yeah. It's a lot of frustration that's yeah. accumulated. Yeah, and it's, it's getting they're, they're wearing that. The Barisic thing is absolutely right. The, that's exactly what I mean. Just he is not taking on risk. Um, whatever hair I have left um, is pulled out on a, a regular basis by getting to a spot still too deep and then just swinging the left foot at it. Now, well executed crosses, but no real moment to say who's there. Is this really the best chance? I have of, of, of kind of creating something or do I need to be a wee bit more adventurous to get into a, a kind of dangerous or more dangerous area so yeah th- those two are um, football's a funny game because Lundstrom was an issue on, on Saturday selection was an issue on Saturday it's been a, an issue for quite a while but he probably had the one moment of ingenuity a nice little kind of clipped pass on the edge of the box in the first half and a decent effort from range that um, you know margins and all that but that doesn't take away from the fact that there is an issue and Andy's right there is an issue with the support um these are groans when you see them in the team sheet and I I agree with you Davey that that, that continually selecting them um which is not their fault it isn't their fault and, and the, the, the two interesting individuals well, was it Scott Fitzgerald that said, you know, there's no second act in American life but I mean I don't know how many acts these guys have had because yes. they've been in trouble before and, you know, Barisic pops one in the top corner at, at, at Paisley and then goes on in a, another run of, you know, quite consistent performance. And obviously Lundstrom looked an absolute disaster of a sign at the start of last season. And then something clicks and he, he's dominant and, and everyone's absolutely in love with him. And um, you, they, they have fluctuated before, but you, you're running out of lives, really. Um, and it's not, or it's probably not feasible that they're going to um, have another continued renaissance or series of renaissances so um no it but don't ever i mean i know that the, the barisic thing is um possibly affected by 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 Ridvan's, um well, it's not possibly affected it, it it's clearly a factor in his was, absence yeah. i'm not convinced fully fit red uh, gets selected on saturday no, either. neither am i That's never ever underestimate don't care what manager it is the power of favorites and boys that for whatever reason they just trust. They've all got them. And it is a problem when that's set a set, uh, set against the kind of confirmed and set in stone fan opinion. Yeah. See, see yeah. on that, yeah. just on Lundstrom, and, and again, I don't want to pick on him because to be blunt, I thought he'd done his job on Saturday. It's not his job to Exactly. Create, it's right? a job we don't need doing. <laughs> that's exactly. the problem. Yes. But Bill has, and to your point, Martin, about favourites, he had a do-or-die game last year against Celtic in the semi-final. Right, last chance of silverware. And he hung his hat in lunchroom. And it cost him dearly. Um, so the Camarnock game isn't in the same 
echelon is, is that in terms of importance or standard or whatever. But Lundstrom has got this kind of fatal flaw where he's no at it, he's no at it, and, and he doesn't win tackles and he just looks like a daisical and all the rest of it. And just as I'm talking about Cantwell, you know, setting the tempo, setting the tone and how he plays on a park, I think we get the same kind of thing for, for Lundstrom, but in the opposite, you know, he just he's just too relaxed on and off the ball sometimes. Um, he's going to get he's going to have to get his finger out of the arse because he's a senior player and his own senior player wages. So this isn't a case of we just kind of cast him aside. We can't afford to do that in our squad. So he really really needs to get his head straight, understand what's required of him. And if he does and he reaches his levels, then he'll, he'll, he'll contribute. But that on Saturday wasn't acceptable. Not just for him, I'm not saying that, but he was a, a major influence for me on the way that we, we played this early. And Bill needs to learn for it. And just to uh, the the crowning turd in the water tank um, was, of course, the goal we conceded. And it, you know, it, this is why the criticism has been so fierce and the deflation um, has been so pronounced, was that it was exactly what we saw last season, which is not creative enough in the final third and making elementary mistakes in our own defence. First of all, I don't quite understand why Barisic doesn't let the ball go mm. for a goal kick. Um, I can only assume that he thought he'd touched it and that he felt it was going for a corner. So, okay, fair enough. Um, didn't look like that, but okay. Uh, he plays it for a throw-in. And from the throw-in, Rangers have nine players in the box at this point. Um, it drops in between Suter's feet and he doesn't react. It's a goal. Now, our good friend and, and fellow podder Adam said at the weekend, I thought the defence was good, bar the goal. I'm getting fed up with the phrase bar the goal because I'm so, I don't care if you're good for eight, nine minutes, but there's one guaranteed fuck up that costs a goal. That's not good enough. Yeah. That's not, when a team has done very little against you in an attacking sense, and you give them a goal, and the goal then acts as a fill-up to them, energises the whole place, energises their player, uh, their players, and that's exactly what we saw at the weekend. Deal with that. Rangers might just go on and snatch it. Don't deal with it, and then it became virtually impossible, uh, certainly to get the three points, although in the end we don't even get the one. But, uh, See, if you are a McInnes team, though, David, or, or a team like that, and you're going to be stodgy and you're going to absolutely set and don't give Rangers any space because again how willing are they to kind of commit and 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 um create what you know um going forward there's just now a knowledge that they'll give you a nonsense mm. they can be as solid as possible now I think the three of us may have been solid given Kilmarnock's attacking threat on on Saturday to be fair but they, they, they didn't look troubled but they always will produce comedy someone somewhere will set themselves on fire it just it will happen, and it has happened all too often. And a lot of talk, you know, well, Goldson comes back, that fixes it. Goldson's been involved in those shambles last season. He was at Hamden. So it's concentration or confidence. And look, it, again, we're talking about going back about risk and reward and being progressive. If we get caught out trying to play the ball out uh, for the back, or, you know, because we've overcommitted men. Right, I think you take that. That's just tough. That that's just the deal you do with trying to dominate a game and and, and force things. Um, it will sting, of course, but but I think you can any, any level-headed fan accepts that's the deal. It's it's just the comedy stuff. Yeah, you can't be losing a goal from that throw-in. You but just see, can't. 
the CEO natural, I'd flip it a wee bit because what I would argue is that we shouldn't be relying on a strategy of Catenaccio to win a game at Kilmarnock. No. We, we, our, our problem on Saturday was the total lack of goal threat. The goalkeeper barely had a save. I think he had one for Dessers in the first half he went down to. There, there was nothing happening, and therefore, when we do have that brain fart... No, but, it, uh, yeah, but Andy, that's the point, as Martin's saying. Kilmarnock take an extra... Any team will take a little bit extra 10% in their legs in these matches because they'll be saying, lads, they'll do something. Yeah, they will give true. us a goal. And should... we... You know, you, you, you're giving them belief that they shouldn't be getting. Yeah, and and this is where the first half pisses me off because, as, as we know, we've, we've, we've strolled through it as if, like, it'll come, it'll come, it'll come, and then they're getting in there saying, we're still in this game, so your point's valid. We, we, we need to be blowing teams away, is what I'm trying to say here, and there's... Uh, I don't think the defence is a problem per se. I think if you look at the, the numbers last year, we weren't that far behind Celtic in terms of defensive goals. It was the, it's the front line, so... Do you trust them in big games? Do you trust well, not to just do something? Not fuck, but, <laughs> but I, I thought sure, I thought sure it was all right. He was, but he gave away. That's the point. That's the and then can't deal with a, a very rudimentary bit of Scottish football for that that one minute. There will always be someone, and that's that's the issue. And yes, a signing can fix a lot, and can just people talking you. Know, concentrate, concentrate, concentrate. But I've written about this, I've spoken about it enough. The kind of transformative signing that, that, that we need, we, we can't afford. So it, it, again, back to leadership, who's who's kind of setting the tone in, every day and, and, and on the game? It is just, it was a switch off. We've seen it at Hamden, we've seen it in too many big games. So yeah, we, we will go through the season all right numbers defensively because we're Rangers and it's Scotland and you know, you're not going to be shipping tons. No. But in the decisive moments, and especially as the clock ticks on and it's still nil-nil, Andy, do you have confidence that we will see out a Florence kind of thing where, you know, Rangers could have played for 30 more minutes because they were so secure that they will deal with anything that, that comes in. I don't... It's a, it's a confidence concentration thing and any time a game kind of ticks into over the hour, Jesus, the last 10 minutes... Something will happen. Something ridiculous will happen, and that's that's a huge problem for me. So, the numbers over the course of a season won't be terrifying, but the margins in big games will. And that means we have to score two, sometimes three, to win a game. To win yeah. games, and and the bigger ones probably not going to happen. The manager said it himself last season that quite often in games we were fine box to box. It was the two boxes, and that's a fact. And I don't think anyone would disagree with that. He said it himself. Um, and Saturday was exactly the same. And that's why everyone's so frustrated. But um, we, uh, of course, the thing about football is, uh, and I did see the inevitable um, post on Follow Follow at the weekend. Where do we go from here? Wednesday. And then we go to Saturday. That's how football works. There's no point. Uh, there's no point sort of getting into the big existential things because things will come along quickly. We faced Servette. I watched their match last week with uh, Genk. I think we were all a little surprised that it was them who came through, particularly as they went down to 10 men after five minutes. Now, that tells me that they're resilient because to go behind twice in Belgium uh, against a very good side and then not lose, get through to the end, and they were comfortable. They broke Genk mentally uh, as the penalty showed when Genk were 
horrendous, just dreadful penalties. So they're tough, they're resilient, they're cynical. They are the type of team who, if someone's running with the ball on the halfway line, they're getting pulled back. They had seven bookings in a red, right? So they are no strangers to the dark arts. They're fit, they're very fit, and they're very strong. Attacking-wise, they're not as good as some other teams that will face, but they still have a threat. It's not going to be easy, Andy, but then equally, it's... You know, there's the excuses that we've had about Saturday, sticky pitch, all that. That's out the window. It's a home tie. Be fifty thousand people there, and I think the team need to deliver something a lot more respectable than what we witnessed at, uh, at the weekend. Not only for the result, of course, of paramount importance, but I think that they need to give the fans something to be coming away from the ground with on on Wednesday night. It's a key game. There's no getting away from it. I think that um, everything you've said there is is totally true. There's a there's a aspect of setting a marker for you know the next month from this game because we've been here too many times where we get this malaise after a kind of Euro shock where we've no qualified for a competition. So I've got the fear because they're a couple of games ahead of us in terms of uh, the season. I think that the fact that they've not gank out against the odds has got to have something for their belief. And we need to click. And that's easier said than done because if we didn't click Saturday, we were on the train on Sunday, you know, Monday would have been light stuff. You've got Tuesday. It's very hard for Bill or any manager to, to take a team and make it click. So my fear is that he goes with what he knows, which would be more of the same as we've spoken about, you know, without naming the people. But the risk then is that he brings in the likes of Sisfentes or he changes it up a bit and it backfires because they're just as unfamiliar as they would be at this time of the year. So um, I'm, 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 I've got a bit of trepidation about it, but we've got to start. A lot of what we've spoken about in this pod is about mindset and about belief and about actually getting your big boy pants on and actually showing what you can do. And the team need to do that. They need to step up. I think Danilo, as a talisman, is is going to be key for us. I think he needs to be in the team from the start. I think he, need, he needs to be showcased. I think we need to be building a team around him. I would be playing Cantwell in, the, in his role that he was playing at the end of last season as well. And... Um, I would be playing Ryan Jack as well, I think. You know, we talk about a lot of things, but Jack, for for me... It'll be Jack Raskin and Cantwell, I would say. I I hope so, because Jack, for me, if he was fat, would be my first name in my team. I just think it gives us that wee wee bit of balance that we need for a lot of the things we're talking about in terms of uh, taking a handbrake off. Um, Much, much better than Lundstrom does. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um... I'm not letting my mind drift to a negative result because if, if it's a negative result, then, you know, things could go south very, very quickly, even more so than they have if they're one game. Um, I, I, I just don't know what to expect. I didn't watch it last week, David. I've no set eyes and survey and my puff, apart from, I think the BCLT years ago, didn't they? Mm. Mike, was that the Aberdeen in the 80s, if I can. And Aberdeen were a good side at the time. No, no. Oh, in the 80s? Ferguson, aye. 80s Aberdeen, I'm pretty sure. I'll always remember, because the guy that scored for them was called Paul Debonair, which you have to admit <laughs> is a fucking fantastic name for a football player. Um, yeah, look, I 
they are not a great side, but they're organised, they're disciplined. Is this sounding familiar? They're hardworking, they're cynical. Yeah, I think that we know what we're going to be up against. Um, but it's it's you need to do better, Martin. Really, that simple, isn't it? So to me, I mean, I, I'm with Andy. I didn't see them last week, but they sound very much like a, a far better Kilmarnock. So that's, um, I, that that I, that bodes well for. I didn't. I didn't want to say that for this but, week. Um, oh, look, there has to be an improvement. But be very interesting to see if 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 he can engineer that, because as as we said, Saturday was not out the blue. It was totally in line with what we've seen all season, eh, all preseason. Sorry, um, but if there is. If all of a sudden we're zipping the ball about and um, we're playing with adventure and confidence, um, well, then the cat's out the bag. We can do this. We mm. can play like that. There should be no significant let-up on that. Um, but if we're going to be some kind of, kind of schizophrenic team, then that, that, that's, going to, that's going to cause a lot of problems this season. Oh, well, I have a really it's, good it's... idea after the next two matches because you've yeah. got this and then Livingston at home. Livingston, it's who exactly got Ibrox last week, uh, last season by saying and openly said it afterwards, we knew that um, we could block them through the middle, so we gave up the wings and it worked. So we know what we're going to face there. We'll have a lot better idea of what we're like yeah. in by Sunday. And this is something we have to impress. We are in a a bad mood still, but we can't. I think see, they can tell can't see the by this stage of the pod. Yeah, we we, we can't. <laughs> we, we can't see the wood for the trees at this minute, and we're, you know we're not supposed to. We're, we're in the moment. Um, as we've said, we, we've seen worse starts this season than this, and they still come out all right. Um, the concern with that is it's usually by Rangers teams who have a long track record of of being successful and can allow that 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 kind of bad start. Um, but yeah, we need to see a team that everyone is kind of behind, I suppose, and when it's selected, um, and just purpose, um, and you know, drive and um, risk, take it head on. I don't mean in a tackle. I just mean take the ball, take the risks, and um, that's all. It's all Rangers can do this season. Totally agree. Right, folks, that will do us for the first uh, heart and hand of the new season. We do expect to get better, don't get me wrong. And uh, I'm pretty sure that by the end of the season, we will be in a lot better position. But as Martin said, we're still in a bad mood and that will reflect it. But I would love when Cammy's back on heart and hand on Thursday that we have gone a full 180 and we're all raving about what we witnessed on Wednesday night at Ibrox. My thanks to our producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. My thanks to my two guests. First of all, Andy McGowan. Thanks for having me on. I'm delighted I could cheer everybody up. <laughs> and the man who always cheers people up, Martin Ramsey. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm notorious for that. Yeah, good to be on, David. Good, <laughs> yeah. good, good to be back. I, I, I do mean that. I wish we were talking about something a wee bit cheerier, but yeah. That will come. That will come. If you want to catch all the coverage over on Heart and Hand, you can do so with, by taking advantage of a free trial. Um, if you sign up, then you won't be charged for a week. And uh, if you like it, you can stay, or you could forget to cancel. Either way, you know, makes no difference to us. Uh, the numbers go up. But I'm just kidding. You will like it. So go to www.patriot.com forward slash Heart and Hand. Right, that'll do me. I will be back here next Monday. Until then, have a fantastic week. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.